Okay, welcome back to Unhinged with Tessa and Lyra for, yeah, you said episode seven? Episode so, seven. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're at episode seven. We're nearly done the ten. Um, and for this app, we're going to be talking about ten study productivity hacks. So yep. we've just posted another podcast for life productivity hacks, and this is kind of like a... Um, uh, a subset of that um, and this is specific to what we did in like undergrad what we've done in our PhDs and just in our work life in general yeah yeah um, so yeah I guess we without further ado we're just gonna jump right in and, and share out um, yeah top 10 study productivity hacks um, so the first one to start us off is probably not is a bit of a no-brainer, and you might might have heard of this before. Um, but it's using the Pomodoro method to study, um, and this is like an evidence-based backed study technique too. This is like research confirmed, a really great way to stay motivated. And if you are unfamiliar with the Pomodoro technique, um, the idea is that you get everything you need to study and you turn on a timer for twenty-five minutes, and then you have a five-minute break. And then you set another timer and you go for another 25 minutes and you have a five minute break and you do that three times. You have three study sessions worth 25 minutes. And then your third break is a long 15 minute break. And then you start the cycle all over again and you just see how many Pomodoros or 25 minute um, stints you can do. Um, And uh, in that time, you've got to be totally focused. So no distractions, no phone on. It's just a solid 25 minutes. And the idea is when you, when you chunk it like that, Completing 25 minutes of work is a lot less daunting than trying to say, well, I'm going to study for the whole day because that's too big of a mountain. So pom- the Pomodoro method breaks that up and um, and it does work and it is like really helpful. And it's a good way to feel accomplished really quickly within only half an hour. So. Yeah. And also something that always used to come up for me when I first tried this method is how difficult it actually is to truly focus mm. on your work for a period of time, like 25 minutes. Mm. Like sometimes, yes, yeah, sometimes you get through and you're like, oh, okay, cool. I can keep going. I can keep doing more. But sometimes you're like, man, I, I actually struggle to do 25 minutes of deep, solid thinking work. Totally. And I think if you're somebody that struggles to get started on an assignment or like started on a project, it's just like really overwhelming when you look at the whole thing and you just really the urge to avoid it and protect yourself by like I mean we've talked about coping mechanisms before but procrastination is a coping mechanism because the task is so daunting that you run away from it whereas if you're just doing 25 minutes at a time this makes the monster look a little little less scary Mm -hmm. makes it more approachable Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and on that I really wanted to talk to you about this idea of like we've got constructivist theory group work and accountability and you've been using a really cool platform to do all of that yep yep so this is quite related to the pomodoro technique because it uses this strategy um but there's this website and there are other various websites as well that do a similar thing that uses the concept of body doubling so um flow club is the website i use and i'll put a link in the description um flow club is a app where people who are trying to study or work or it might not even be study it might just be getting errands done for the day you log on to a certain um, time slot and there's a host that runs it and that host gathers everybody at a certain time. Say it's three o'clock to four o'clock. That's the hour. And the first five minutes are spent going around and um, everybody shares their goals. So that first five minutes 
um, you know, your cameras are on. Um, you can have your cameras off, but you can speak into the microphone um, and just say, oh, these are my goals for the session. Um, this is what I'm going to get done in this hour. And everybody goes around and holds each other accountable. And then you have a to-do list. So you break it up into little bite-sized bits, what you're going to do in that in that period of time. And as you're working and you cross things off, you click a button um, that, to tick it off the to-do list and some confetti appears on the screen and everybody gets to see your list being slowly completed and you get to see everybody else's list getting completed. Yeah. And then the last five minutes of the session, when the, the gong goes off to say stop studying, everybody goes around and says what they did achieve, what they didn't achieve, and and they and we all, and everyone celebrates together the hour. Dude, you, that's awesome. But would you ever lie about completing the to-do list? Um, no, it does. But you know what? It does like, make you think, like, especially when you get into that last um, 15 minutes, say, or like yeah. last minutes, you see the clock go down. You're like, I don't want to look like I haven't done anything. Yeah. <laughs> so you start. And that's the and the idea, too, is to optimize your list. So make your list bite-sized pieces. Don't just put on your to-do list, like, get assignment done. Yeah. Break it up into bits so that you can tick things off. And as you go, and you get that dopamine hit every time you cross something mm, off the list. Mm. So it encourages you to do that. And if you, you know, like there is a bit of pressure to try and finish your list or at least get most of it done. But either way, that social pressure helps you to actually mm-hmm. achieve. Because even though they're strangers on the internet and like no one would actually know, people don't, or at least I don't feel comfortable lying. So it is like it works as like an accountability yeah. thing. And, and if you don't, um like the idea of like flow club for example we actually did this together the other day and for me it was going it's so weird because it's been so long since we've graduated our undergraduate or honors or whatever you call it but going back to that method of like having a friend um there to hold you accountable planning an itemized list of what you're going to do in the 25 minutes, discussing Mm. it with each other and making sure that they're like really achievable, attainable goals. It sounds so simple, but it actually like made me get so much stuff done. I was so like pleasantly surprised with it. And we actually focus, which is something that never happens when we get together because totally. we just talk. Yeah, because there's no structure. Yeah. But if you build structure and you're like, this is definitely what we're doing, and you can do it with a mate. There are other, like, Pomodoro shared timers that you can do, and you can do the Pomodoro stint or you can do an hour or you can do even 10 minutes at a time, like, whatever works for you. But, the, the, like, at the beginning, you group together, you say what you're going to do, mm. you do the thing, then you debrief at the end, and then you say, okay, let's do another one, or you have a little break. And, honestly, it just – it re-fulfills that, like, your dopamine systems and goes, cool, I'm getting things done, yeah. which motivates you to do another one and do mm-hmm. more work. So I highly recommend checking out Flow Club. It is a paid thing, um, but if you are a student, you do get a 50% discount. Um, and if you offer to host 10 sessions a month, you also get a 50% discount. So, yeah. yeah. And, and if you, and like, just try and get a group of friends together if you don't want yeah, to do that. Yeah, you can just you know? do that yourselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, and on the idea of, like, planning your tasks, uh, planning what you're going to do, our next tip is going to be to plan your work day, your study day, whatever it is, so much the night before that you really reduce that amount of decision fatigue in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea of decision fatigue is that as the day progresses, you uh, make more and more and more decisions, and particularly in today's society where our decisions are not only what we're going to have for breakfast or what we're going to wear, our decisions are also based on, like, do I reply to this person's text? Do I reply to this email? They can be very subtle, subconscious. What coffee do I get? There's so many options, and the idea is that throughout the day that those options build, uh, those options increase 
increase and your brain basically gets tired of all the information that is thrown at you. So let's try and reduce that a little bit before we start to do our deep work and that's to kind of optimize your productivity your brain's capacity to focus and do that good deep work so something i like to do to plan my day and we've spoken about this in previous podcasts if you've listened is like lay my clothes out and for my son like lay my son's clothes out for the day before sometimes i prepare breakfast for the for the morning of not the day before sometimes i lay my clothes out sometimes i prepare uh, breakfast, I can just put in the microwave and go. Um, you said having a cup of coffee, uh, having your cup out in the morning. Yeah, have the cup out and have the coffee pod in the machine ready to go or, like, have it out next to the cup or have yeah. your, if you use instant coffee or, the tea, or tea, have it in the cup ready to go so you just have to have the kettle filled. Yes. And then, like, yeah. you just like the less you have to do so you can just roll out of bed, be a zombie, just walk into your clothes, walk into your – pick up your stuff and go. And, like, you yes. don't need – to like use any brain power to do that. Yeah. 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 And, and that's one of the reasons that people like, uh, what's his name? Mark Zuckerberg or Zuckerberg. How do you say Zuckerberg? Yeah, Zuckerberg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Zuckerberg wears the same t-shirt every day is for this exact reason. Oh, same yeah. with Steve Jobs. It's to minimize the decision fatigue, minimize the amount of chaos in the outside world that is happening totally. so that they can hone in on that good, deep work that you're meant to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can just like, what can you like, get rid of to just make space for things that actually matter also try not to go on your phone because as soon as you open your phone in the morning decisions 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 yeah you got like your groceries for me anyway calendar yeah Yeah, yeah. like there's just absolutely everything and it's really overwhelming totally totally um okay so um that uh, helps us transition into the next tip we have, which again might seem like a no brainer, but we're, we're taking this one very, very literally here, remove all distractions in your environment. So when you're about to sit down and study, and this ties into the planning. So Mm -hmm. you're going to do, okay, like I'm going to study today. I'm going to work on my exam. Think about exactly what you're going to work on. Um, and, and then everything you don't need at your desk, get rid of it. Like any magazines, any get rid of ornaments, get rid of everything. Like just throw it, like just have the tabs open on your computer that you need open. If there's anything irrelevant, open, close it. Um, uh, get rid of your phone, like turn it on, do not disturb and throw it in, the other, in a different room. Um, you know, if you've got just clutter like on your desk, if you've got papers mm-hmm. that are relevant for something else, get rid of them. Like they're not, if they're not helping you in that stint of what you're going to do and you don't need them. And likewise, have every single thing that you need to study. So if you're going to sit down and study for biology, make sure you have your biology books, make sure you have your biology related mm-hmm. things nearby, only have tabs open your computer that are about the subject you're studying, get rid of everything else that's irrelevant. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you know, right now, if you're watching this, I have like, every time you say this, you've said this to me before too, like you, you say like reduce the amount of distractions in your physical environment and like get rid of all the tabs and stuff. I'm like looking at my computer now and I've got like <laughs> my partner's pool project. I've got like wicks up. I've got EndNote for like my PhD stuff. That's not even just that bad. That's not too bad. Everything. <laughs> yeah, but I could just see like in my brain like all these tabs popping up and it's like really overwhelming that's that's not too bad i've seen some people who were just like afraid to close tabs just in case they need them again oh that's ridiculous so they have like 50 tabs open it's like just get rid of that just get rid of and them. get rid of stuff off your desktop too if your desktop is full of yeah. files and you're like you're, it's a bit overwhelming you know what you should do put the whole thing copy paste the whole thing put it into an archived folder yeah but and you're, just be you're like just, i'll deal with that later i know but you never even look at the archive like yeah and when you do. have a look when you haven't looked at it 
in <clears throat> six months, say, then just put the recycling bin. Yeah. And just get out of it. I really miss the um, minimalism stage that the world was going through um, in like, oh, yeah. like a couple of years ago because it related a lot to digital minimalism as well and people really encouraged to like clear the clutter off of your um, off of your computer, like, yeah. you know, scan your photos, do that kind of stuff. And that would have been so good for our brains. Totally. And now we're back to like, let's buy 30,000 lipsticks and have like a million yeah. screenshots. Let's not care about that anymore. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're definitely going to more like maximalism and clutter. Yeah. Um, which clutter is, what, is what, in. Yeah, <laughs> clutter is back in. So yeah, we, we recommend reducing clutter, at least for the time that you're trying to focus on a particular task. Yeah. And actually something that we did miss before is this idea of um, when we're talking about planning your day. Okay. So it's, it's starts the night before right it starts the night before you do all the things that you like lay out all the clothes all the coffee cups whatever that you need um i highly recommend really notice like if you're going into a library for example literally find the spot the exact spot that you are going to go to in that library Go do a V-line there, or if you're planning, like, you can go get a coffee, go straight to the library, write it down in a book somewhere. Yeah, what? Book, book, a, book a room or something like yeah. that if you can, so you can secure it. Yeah, and, and, and have a proper, like, unless you're doing the flow club thing or the group thing, have a proper itemized list of the priorities that mm. you need to tackle on that day and make sure that they're actually realistic. Go there. Your space is set. Make sure that you're actually going at a time that that table is attainable in the library, for example. Like for us, we're at a very busy university where basically Mm -hmm. unless you get there at 8 o'clock, you're going to be out of luck when it comes to finding like a library spot or a good library spot. Mm -hmm. So like, like those little things, when you get there... Uh, like, yeah, know your spot. When you get there, write everything down in detail or have that list pre-prepared of what you need to do. Make sure that you have the things that you need to focus there. For example, yeah, like the Pomodoro clock. Yeah. A big set of headphones or earplugs yeah. or any headphones. Is your computer charged? Yeah. Is like, yeah, like, do you know where you're parking for the day if you're driving in? Do you have a favourite zone in the zone playlist that's not... Yeah that doesn't have any lyrics yep. that you can listen to. Totally. Um, so that you're not setting this stuff up on the day. Yeah. Cause otherwise like you'll get to you and you go, okay, where am I sitting? And then you got to think about that. And then you got to, then you might change your mind and then you get distracted. And then it's like, okay, what playlist am I going to do? And it's like, if you add up all of those decisions and how much time that takes and how much energy that takes, it's like, okay, well now you're yeah. only on, on 60% to do the rest of your day. So, yeah. yeah. And this is like, this is some stuff that, um, I have done personally with people who have, um, like ADHD, for example, this is what we kind of do in therapy. So these are evidence-based strategies and don't, don't mock it until you try it. It sounds really, really simple, but it's really effective and it really works. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, oh, so on a, on this kind of topic, when you are doing that deep work and evidently like you are going to have 
other thoughts come into your head that are not going to be about what you're trying to focus in on. So what you're going to have for dinner, you know, what you're going to have for lunch, like mm. just, just that kind of noise in your brain, right? And so something that is really helpful um, or that I have found helpful in the past anyway is to have a blank piece of paper next to you, which you're probably inevitably going to do anyway because you're studying, writing that thought down like for example if it's a to-do thought just write that to-do thought get back to work like get rid of that small piece of noise in your head if you're some especially if you're someone that has to like that that knows that you're really ruminative Mm. and that you can't if you have like a to-do list that you have to get it done now totally yeah i mean yeah yeah write it down and then get back into it yeah absolutely um okay so our next tip um, is, you know, when you're, when you're studying maybe for a particular exam and you have to have a certain amount of, like you're learning a lot of knowledge and you have to remember a lot of information. Um, especially if you were doing something like you've got to remember a bunch of terminology, um, or concepts that you've just learned in the semester. Um, it's important that that is uh, remembered for your exams. And so the, the best way to make sure you can check um, what information you do understand and what you need to work on is using flashcards. Um, and I used to hate the idea because the whole thing sounded overwhelming and confusing. The idea of like buying flashcards and then making them for myself and testing yeah. them. Um, but there are websites you can use that help you build a flashcard set. So you don't have to like buy physical cards and write the information down. But the idea is that you like write a definition or a concept or something you have to learn on one side. So you look at it and the answer is on the back. You would write down the answer on the back and then you can test yourself and show yourself the concept and then say, what, what's everything I know about this thing. And then you can flip the card over and check your understanding. And that, you know, um, is a really great way to reinforce learning. It's a really rapid learning technique. Mm-hmm. Um, so I recommend using flashcards and if writing down physical cards isn't your thing, you can make really aesthetic cards on a website called Quizlet and then you can also print them off in various different forms, not just flashcard forms. But mm-hmm. um, and this is also something you could do with friends too if you don't want to do something like this in isolation. Um, but flashcards are an evidence-based way of yeah, learning. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's that test, uh, what is it? It's the, it's the test retest um, that has, yeah, like the, the greatest evidence-based for like remembering the, the most yeah. amount of information. You actually learn a lot when you um, fail and like through trial and error. So this is like another thing like when you're testing yourself on concepts say whatever whatever can come to your mind be like oh okay i don't know the answer but this is everything i know about this particular topic and then like you sort of learn through failure or you learn by getting tested so get a friend to test you on this stuff and even if you're like getting 80 percent of them wrong or 100 percent of them wrong you learn a lot more from that because the next time you do that test you will know way more like Mm -hmm. you know you could go from not knowing like anything to knowing now 20 percent of the content after just being tested on it once so the you'd be really surprised at your rapid learning and um you just need to sort of get over it like it's not very good if you're a perfectionist because you're going to want to be right every single time and obviously it's not possible so you need to get over that um but it is a real really good technique to learning Mm. yeah definitely and like i guess it is really consistent with what we've been talking about already but um, getting multiple sources 
of information or multiple perspectives, using multiple perspectives to understand a concept um, and intrinsically understand a concept is really important. So for example, like how many times have you taken in a piece of information and have gone, okay, like that sounds good when you're like explaining it, when like the professor in the, in the lecture room is explaining it, but also like I don't really understand this deeply and you really do need to understand something in great depth to go into an exam ace that exam or that assignment you Mm -hmm. know and to really intrinsically understand it I guess I said understand like 30 times (laughs) understand but yes you need to understand and the way the way to do that or like the best way to do that that we have found is to um first of all seek help you guys, like we have both taught at university, like we love it when students seek help that genuinely like have tried themselves to understand a concept, mm. but they don't. And you need to kind of clarify how it works for them. So try and understand something yourself and then try and seek help from, you know, your, your tutors or your lecturers, whoever it may be, because that's what we're there for. That's what we're paid for. Yeah, definitely. And like it's that's. You know, going back to, um, I guess, like Piaget, like constructivist theories that people learn when they have discussions with people about a particular concept. So in uh, university, you might be learning a, a thing that's hard to understand. Say it's like a new a new concept. It's quite abstract and it's like just it's just um, complex and it's hard to get the first time. So you're like, okay, this is a little bit abstract for me. I just don't get it. And and the thing is, is you probably shouldn't get it the first time you hear it. If it's hard and it's worth learning, then you won't get it the first time, and that's totally normal. And so talking it through with people in multiple different ways of applying whatever that concept is um, is a really good way to learn and properly understand what you're trying to learn. And so, you know, multiple ways you can um, – learn some information is yeah by learning in class obviously by asking for extra help you could find youtube videos that explain the concept you could find reddit threads that explain the concept you could find other forums um different websites even tiktok like even tiktok youtube (laughs) yeah like all of those things that can can explain it really quickly to you in and just from a totally different perspective can help solidify your learning Mm. yeah 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 um and the the last thing that we wanted to talk about is dual coding theory yeah so this is uh dual coding theory is this uh learning theory that people where people learn really effectively when verbal and visual information are processed together at the same time um the unfortunate thing is that even though we we know about dual coding theory we know people learn effectively from having like graphics and visuals to complement um verbal information we don't really use that like if you go to a lecture at university we sit there for two hours while a lecturer talks at you as well as having verbal information on the slides um what this does does is creates cognitive overload so you're trying to audibly process the um the verbal information the professor is speaking um and even though the slides have written information on them that you're looking at you process that information as audio um, as audible as well so you're creating interference by trying to listen to the lecture as well as trying to read the notes this creates interference and stops learning from happening so what should be happening is the and in an ideal world the lecturer wouldn't actually have worded information on the slides you would just have maybe some graphs some graphics maybe like a couple of words just to be buzzwords or concepts but really there shouldn't be that much text information on slides at all um so if you are an educator have a look into dual coding theory and see if you can 
adapt your um, your content accordingly because it'll help your students learn better if they're just either reading something or they're listening to you speak. And so then if you're a student and you have to learn a particular lecture, you know, it might actually be better for you to learn it just listening to the audio, like as if the lecture's a podcast, um, you know, and then but maybe before you do that, just read the slides on yeah. their own. Go through the slides, read, maybe highlight a couple of things and be like, oh, I wonder what they're going to say about this. Read that first and then listen to the lecture without that written information in front of you. You'd be surprised how much easier it is to, like, sort of take it all in. Yeah. And the thing is, is, like, if there isn't a lot, like, I remember thinking when lecturers used to say, you guys, like, don't spend too much time writing notes down just let mm. this information like wash over you like yeah. I have heard that so many times totally. in my university life and I used to think like ah oh, that's like really really scary it does kind of require more effort on your behalf that's why but if you have like think about it this way if you have like lots of points on the on uh the slide whatever then you're probably like not taking that information in anyway like you have to go back through the concepts mm. no matter what so you may as well kind of do it properly and do it in in accordance to yeah do it when you've got theory. time if you want to make some notes later but like in the moment just let like just listen to it as if yeah. you're on a podcast you you take if you put so much pressure on yourself to listen as well as write as well as read you're not going to take anything in because again we're creating more decision fatigue um you can only do really one thing at a time multitasking isn't a really uh, a thing humans are very good at yeah um even though we like to think we are um, <laughs> but uh so yeah it's important to just allow the information to wash over you as if it were like an audio book or podcast what do you think about the idea of you know that roller coaster or the car game that that people put on like a tiktok when they're oh, putting yeah. information on you know that you guys know what i'm talking about how like sometimes you see tiktoks or reels or whatever mm -hmm. and they're like these uh there's like someone talking or explaining a concept and then there's this like race car game or like mm, or like a roller coaster um, game it's holding your attention there because you end up watching it and as you're watching the the car or the thing it's kind of you know uh, it's a nice little shiny distraction you're audibly taking stuff in the cool thing about audio information right is that like when you're just listening to it you don't have to exert any effort it yeah. just happens you just hear the stuff and your brain will process it without any effort yeah when you have to read something you have to actually use your eyes and like use two <laughs> mechanisms to you end up processing that information as audible but like takes there's a lot more steps when you just have mm. to listen to something so you can totally fixate on on something really different it's a really interesting way and a very cool way of manipulating like human attention yeah yeah do you think that like lecturers should do it <laughs> i think yeah well yeah maybe just have some sort of like some animation or something like even just <laughs> even just like you know the dvd um like yeah. like have a screensaver going while you're just talking to people like maybe you know what kept my attention i don't know if this was on purpose but something that kept my attention on a youtube video was just like a glob it was like an it was just like an asmr glob like globbing oh, around yeah yeah just like some sort of like yeah. that's why i love i have a lava lamp at my desk yes and yeah. i love that stuff it's so peaceful and so like you just watch it for ages and just be mesmerized <laughs> so maybe that's like something you should do when you when you have like yeah maybe get a lava lamp or get some sort of visual like fun stimulation i just thing. see you like avoiding your work like and just, just staring like, at it <laughs> but while you're doing that yeah. if you've got audible information yes, going yes. into your brain like you'd be surprised yeah what definitely you can process yeah yeah um okay so there you have it um there are 10 they are oh, that's actually eight <laughs> We've gone through eight. 
So, so okay. So that's it, you guys. There are our study productivity tips from our many years of teaching at a university and doing the whole university thing for you know seems like forever, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think we've mastered it. Like, I mean, th- those are some really good tips, and I definitely use them a lot. And they're very evidence based. You know, we know they work. Mm. Um, the literature knows they work. So, um, you know, definitely like study study hacks. Um, you know, there, there are some really good ones out there. So, um, you know, it's about cultivating your own personal plan. I think the most important ones we've gone through are like planning your day, reducing distractions. You know, these are things maybe you've heard of before, but taking it to the nth degree and really doing it in detail is, yes. is critical for, um, peak study productivity. Yeah. So. Yeah. And unfortunately studying and getting good grades at university is pretty hard yeah it can be hard for most subjects it is um so yeah like it's if you can if you can uh rejig your routine a little bit it can't hurt yeah exactly yeah so um and then the more you use these things the more you'll find out what works for you and what doesn't yeah um, yeah and you can adapt it further yeah yeah cool Alrighty. Well, thank you everybody for listening, um, to this episode. If you've liked today's content, please like comment, subscribe, um, and feel free to give us any feedback. Um, yeah. So we're just kind of, we're, we're, we're getting there, but yeah. you know, we, we're still sort of starting out. Um, and so we would love to hear your questions and comments and recommendations for future content. Totally. All right. And we'll see you next time. Okay. See Bye. ya.